0: Welcome into this episode of Farzcast. Farzine Vasugian here with you. Hope you guys are having a good weekend. Uh, if it's Monday morning when you're listening to this, hope your weekend was good. Uh, man, I'll tell you what, I was looking forward all week to UFC 261, and that's uh, really what's going to be the uh, main part about this podcast here uh that was one hell of a night uh one hell of a night and uh got a friend of mine who was going to talk uh about that with me in just a moment real quickly if you guys want to subscribe to the podcast if you're a first-time listener uh hey we're everywhere apple spotify google play uh amazon stitcher pandora where i mean anywhere where you can download a podcast we should be there also on youtube and we stream this live on our facebook page facebook.com slash farzine Vesugian. so Uh, There are several ways to catch the podcast. So check it out. Share the links with all of your friends. Uh, As far as what is going to be coming up, I mentioned uh, Eddie Law. If you guys are watching the video version, you can see him right there. Uh, I'll introduce him in just a moment. And then um, Shane Bishop, who is the producer for Dateline NBC, he's a huge Kansas City Chiefs fan, and we connected because of that. He is expected to be on sometime next month. He's been pretty busy with his time. Uh, He was in uh, Minneapolis recently for the. Uh, Derek Chavon trial. So he's been uh, pretty busy, and I'm sure he's doing a lot of work uh, for Dateline because that just recently wrapped up. So uh, we'll talk to him in the near future, hopefully, uh, as he'll uh, have some free time with all of that wrapped up pretty soon. But not here to talk about that. We're here to talk MMA, UFC, in specific with Eddie Law. He is the host of the Keyboards MMA podcast. Also does himself with the Believe podcast. Now, I've had a lot of people from Believe. I've had Joe Valerio, former Chiefs offensive lineman, Jason Brown, who was on – Last Chance Yo and Eddie Law, also from Believe. He does the Arizona Cardinals and the uh, University of Arizona podcast with them. And uh, he's on this podcast now joining me. Eddie Law, what's going on, man? Oh, man, I just recovering off of uh, an amazing return
1: to normal, if you want to call it that, Uh, (laughs) with with the crowd, the good and the bad that comes with it. We'll talk about it all, of course. But um, I'm I'm doing great. It's a beautiful Sunday. Um, I, I, I normally keep myself the hell off social media on the weekends. I, I devote myself to my kids, but, um, but uh, I had to make, I had to make an exception for my boy Fars.
0: Oh man, you're, you're, you're too kind. You're too kind. I appreciate that. No, I I'm with you on the whole social, like, honestly, outside of football games and MMA, mm-hmm. I'm really not on social media a whole lot. I mean, if there's something cool worth posting, I'll do that. But yeah, I I, I try to stay away from social media uh, during uh, weekends. Cause Life's too short, man. You got you to gotta get away from the uh, electronics and do some uh, some other things, better things, more productive things <laughs> outside yeah, of go social out, media. Go,
1: go outside, people. We still got buildings and nice shit to look at.
0: Yes. Uh, especially with the weather getting better. I mean, the weather is always hot where you are.
1: Well, uh, what's you the, know what?
0: It's, it's starting. What, it's, so for those who don't know, Ari, uh, Eddie, you live in Arizona. What part of Arizona? Are you in Phoenix? I'm,
1: I'm in Phoenix, Arizona. So right in the middle. Right what is the, the
0: coldest day in your life that you have ever experienced? Here? Yeah, in Arizona. Maybe like like 40,
1: 40 at three in the morning, two in the morning when I go to work. (laughs) That's about as cold as it gets here.
0: And it's like in it's like t-shirt and and shorts weather here. Shit. At that time. Kansas is so weird. I mean, the Midwest in general. It's Mm. like I'll get one of those like big jackets, those like heavy duty jackets in Mm -hmm. the mornings to just to keep myself warm. And then uh I'm indoors most of the day uh when I'm working, and when I by the time I step out, I'm like I don't even need this goddamn jacket. It's like, I need shorts right now. (laughs) Like that's, Uh, I I mean, people have joked for so many years. I'm sure you've heard it. Like you experience all four seasons in one day. Sometimes uh, that's, that's the Midwest for you, but yeah, we got, we got the opposite.
1: We don't have any season ever. (laughs) It's hot or it's cold. It's all you get in Arizona. And honestly, I'm so
0: used to it. I'm cool with it. Well, actually I was going to ask you because I have another friend in Arizona. Her name's Sharon. Shout out to Sharon. Mm -hmm. Um, I did not know this until she told me. You guys don't do daylight savings time in Arizona. Oh, nope. so I do not. <laughs> so when everybody is turning their clocks an hour backwards or whatever, you guys just keep it the same, right? And the only and it would not affect
1: my life in the least if it wasn't for the show. So we could do like the, the the Keeper Warriors live show on Wednesday nights. It's always six thirty p.m. Pacific time, always, right? So that never changes for anybody in the West, Jesse, who, who has retired from the show now, but never changed for him. And Fred who's in them in, in, in Ohio. Never changed for him. Right. But for me, it changes about an hour because I need to keep up with those guys. Right. So um, I, don't, I don't I'm not a big fan of telling them, hey, you need to come on later or earlier. So, um, yeah, that's the only reason it affects me. Otherwise, we barely notice it here like, ever. It's just, for crazy, some reason, man. always for some reason, some Valley like journalist will write an article about it every single time it happens. And we're just sitting here like, dude, who are you informing now, bro? Like, we know we don't do this stuff.
0: Well, that's like Kansas City. Like, Kansas City, for whatever reason, needs to rave about barbecue every three months. Like, you're not breaking any news at this point by bragging about this. Like, (laughs) everyone knows. But the reason I bring up the whole time zone thing is because Mm -hmm. I've been to Vegas a few times Mm -hmm. uh, during a UFC event. And I've I've been to T-Mobile Arena for uh, some of the pay-per-views. It is so weird, man, because here and last night, I, we'll, we'll get to the pay-per-view. But mm. because I don't even think during the pay-per-view portion, we even saw the third round. Every fight ended in the first or the second round. Yep. And I remember looking at the time like, wow, it's 1130. I'm used to it being like 12 or 1230. Yeah. And I remember any one time uh, I was in Vegas for a UFC event. And I remember looking at the time when the final uh, fight was over. I'm like, it's 9.50. I'm not used mm-hmm. to this. I'm used to it being almost midnight. Like, I, what do I do with myself during that? What is it like <laughs> for you? Have you ever watched a pay-per-view on the East Coast, by the way? Like, physically being on the East Coast that you can recall?
1: No, never, never. I've watched a UFC event, not a pay-per-view event. Um, I was visiting friends in Chicago, and it happened to be – I forgot what event it was. It wasn't that memorable because I don't remember any of it. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I was in Chicago and I know the event ended, and I looked at the clock. It was Chicago time, it was like one in the morning. I'm like, oh shit, all right, I mean, that's weird. But here, like, dude, last night, I, I finished with the pay-per-view. I was doing live, uh, the live tweet um, coverage for, for Capeside Press. Yeah. I, I, I got done. I was just like, okay, well, you know, baby's asleep, kids are all asleep, wife's asleep. Shit, I got some me time. I, I fired up PlayStation. <laughs> I hit up some Call of Duty. I played Call of Duty for literally like, till about midnight my time. And I went to bed. It was awesome. So, my favorite thing about USC cards, though, like it's always a treat when we get the early ones here for us. Yeah. Because I mean, for you, it's like a it's like a night you get done by like eight o'clock your time, whatever, seven o'clock, and you get to oh, do yeah. the rest of your night. Here, I get early prelims at breakfast. ESPN prelims are at lunch, and for dinner, and not even dinner, you finish the the main card and you go eat dinner, and then you get the rest of your night. It's so great. I my favorite my favorite. Everyone else complains. My favorite are those early, early cards. because I don't drink very much. So I don't care about drinking during, during the fights. But, you know, I love See, those
0: uh, early ones. Uh, my friend Melanie McAllister, uh, who's an author um, and an educator, uh, she lives in Alaska. And I remember uh, several, the Chiefs were bad at this time, uh, but mm-hmm. they had a, a game in London. And that game, Central Time, was on at 8.30. And I always think about her sometimes because she's a huge Chiefs fan. It's like, she's three hours behind me. So it's like when the Chiefs play a 12 o'clock game, it's what? Like 9 o'clock for her? It's 10 o'clock for you guys whenever a lot of those NFL games kick off. And I remember um, uh, the last time I've been on vacation, when the Chiefs and Chargers played in week 17 of the 2019 season, their game kicked off at 10 o'clock. I'm like, I am not used to watching a Chiefs game in the morning. Like that's not – that's just so weird to just think about sometimes with these time zones. So –
1: Uh, that's why i hate the away the the cardinals away games to me are annoying as shit not only because we somehow we have awful we have awful luck at 10 a.m for some reason like because those two one 145 125 is about the time we start normal home games right yeah um our time and when you go east coast they keep that time but it translates so our guys are playing at 10 a.m what they're used to being 10 a.m yeah so it's like it screws the whole thing up but it also screws up watching the games so like, I had to get up early, I'm eating a bowl of cereal, I'm feeding my kid while, while we're watching the game and shit.
0: Well, what, the last thing I'll say, and we'll get into the UFC, mm-hmm. one thing I've learned about that is, like, the announcers. So, for example, if, if you're, like, an Arizona Cardinals announcer or a Lakers announcer or Vegas Golden Knights, you know, all teams that are in the Pacific time zone, if you are in the uh, East Coast for a sporting event, you've got to make sure when you're – uh, checking what time it is a lot mm-hmm. of them they will have like on their iphones another set of clocks uh so mm-hmm. they can just look at that because they're obviously um catering to the west coast audience they're not obviously catering right. to anyone that so it, it's, it's weird it'll be one o'clock there but they have to say hey it's 10 a.m time for kickoff or whatever so uh right. I've, I've never just the things you think about when, when it comes the to time details. Zones.
1: Yeah. All, the best guys that do announcing play-by-play uh, uh even the analysts the best ones you'll ever find are funny or incredibly detailed. Ernie yeah. Johnson, incredibly detailed. Pat McAfee, well, people don't want to give him credit. Hilarious, not super oh, yeah. detailed, but a great team behind him. But you know what I mean? It's either you're really funny or you're or or, or you're or you're uh it's incredibly detailed. And I gotta say, Tony Romo's kind of got both, so it kind of works out.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm, we're talking about the whole time thing. Like I said, uh, last night's UFC card ended so mm-hmm. early because we had so many. Uh, early endings in that stoppage man let's talk about that main event first um I mean I, we could start anywhere really but I guess mm-hmm. it makes sense to start with the uh, biggest fight of the night uh look I thought I, I picked Masvidal to win that fight who do you mm-hmm. pick I picked Usman okay see I picked Usman my I think thought
1: anybody could could have sorry go ahead
0: Oh, no, I was just going to say, I don't normally get enamored by interviews, but uh, Mm -hmm. uh, Masvidal gave a really compelling interview with Ariel Helwani on ESPN. And just the things he was saying, I was kind of... And plus, this guy's gone through a lot in his career. Like, he's really uh, grinded out uh, and and had some tough moments. I was really pulling for him. Um, And I like Usman, too. It's not that I hate him. I like both guys. I just thought Masvidal had some kind of momentum coming into this fight and obviously a lot to prove, uh, but man, for Usman to win like that, I think that was, eh, not say he's eh, not capable of that at all. People mm-hmm. just said to think he was capable of doing it against Masvidal.
1: Right. So when Masvidal, if you remember the first fight, you know, the three days, six days, whatever they had, he blitzed them. He blitzed Usman right after him, right? And so he got taken down and taken down and taken down. And Masvidal said to himself, I expected to have to wrestle a lot more, right? The best champions, in my opinion, the best champions will take their opponent's strength and beat and be and, and basically beat them with it, right? So Usman came in with the striking. The beautiful, the beautiful part of him—he I mean, kept going down to the body with the jabs and and, and all that. He took him down one time, and that's it. Masvidal fought to me, fought like he was waiting for the takedown to happen. It just never—it it only came once, but it wasn't like the constant barrage of takedowns like last time. So you know, he just pitter pattered him for the whole first round, made it to the second round throws the jab, but instead of throwing the jab, parries the right hand down. That, when I saw him do that, I was like, what the fuck? I've never seen anyone do that. i like, got legit, have, I mean, I've, we've trained it in training, but I've never like seen someone deliberately, you know, throw the jab, reach around the hand, yank it down for a wide open flush. And dude, if you look at Usman's face when he throws that right hand, all the anger and hate, anguish, blood, tears, joy, was so packed in that fist, when it hit Masvidal, his head moved and, like, the sweat just stayed in midair. It was you know what, incredible.
0: You know what that reminded me of? I don't know if you've seen this in basketball games. It happens occasionally where, like, mm-hmm. uh, they're going for a loose ball and somebody accidentally gets elbowed in the head mm-hmm. and you see all the sweat just pop out. Yeah, That's always. what I thought of when I saw that. I was like, whoa. I, I, thought, <laughs> I thought Masvidal was, like, you know, sometimes when you have Saliva or whatever, mm-hmm. I was like, what 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 the fuck was that for a second? But Dude. no, man. I mean, that was a vicious uh hit jab right there. And, and th- that was pretty similar to the one he gave to uh Gilbert Burns. Is that is mm-hmm. that correct? Yeah. yeah. Yeah,
1: that was pretty similar to what it is. So, um yeah, yeah, Gilbert was it was kind of the same thing. But Usman, look, you got to give credit to Usman. He Yeah. He owned it. Was he he was at Black Zillions, right now. I don't know that like, that gym ended whatever, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. Owner. But uh he went who we moved down with Henry Hoof, and then because of Gilbert burns, he switched over to Trevor Whitman over in Colorado as the champion already he left as a champion left his home gym and moved to Colorado with Trevor Whitman over on and I' my like, you know, Pat you know pat uh hyper was his name Pat Barry Pat Barry yeah, pat Justin Gaethje, all those guys right yep he left his home camp moved and got better at striking that is a ton. It's hard. That's hard to do as a, as a champion, I feel like you rarely hear of a champion as still champion leaving to go somewhere else to get better. So you got to get Uzman a whole lot of credit. And it was like, just the fact that he got the knockout the way he did, man, against Masvidal, who I think he's been knocked out one other time, but he is, I mean, dude, the, the, he hit him really, 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 really hard. And he had to hit him that hard and knock him out. Like no one's ever hit Masvidal that hard. and he he admitted himself.
0: Did you see that meme? Uh, from NFL memes uh, they showed um Masvidal because Masvidal always laughs when someone punches him right in the mm-hmm. face and it shows him smiling in the mead the caption is the Atlanta Falcons with two minutes and two seconds left in the third <laughs> quarter and then they show him on the ground and they yeah. go Atlanta Falcons fans when the game is over yeah it's like no, yep, that's that's basically what happened you, you um, gotta
1: love the internet you, they do the, the internet's still getting creative um, yes the, here's a funny thing though about the internet though because everybody's on it uh, like I said, I was doing live tweets with Cape Shad Press and I made a joke that I thought everybody would get. And most people did. I said, uh, you know, so, so Usman drops them and he gets on top of the hammer there's hammer fizzing him, Right. And I, and I, I tweeted out, man, were those hammer fists super necessary? Right. You get it. Right. So I put that out there. God damn it. If it wasn't a couple of like Masvidal fans who got butt hurt, but like, they were just like, stop being a little bitch, man. He fucking threw hands, whatever. I'm like, bro, did you really whoosh? You're a fan, and it went over your head. Goddamn internet, y'all let me down.
0: Oh but, man, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, there are always a couple idiots who just. Uh, I, I I can't I can't remember what it was. Oh, so the University of Kentucky they accidentally accepted like five hundred thousand uh, applications, <laughs> and what? I and I. <laughs> it, it's a true story. Um, oh, really? I wrote a joke saying, "Oh, John Calipari is at it again," <laughs> and someone commented. <laughs> Someone commented and goes, This has nothing to do with Calipari. I'm like, Yeah, I'm really fucking aware. Thank God you. God damn it, people. Um, yeah, you, don't, you don't, <laughs> that don't is good though. Don't ever address those people. Just just don't. No. They're not yeah, worth it. I, I, I didn't reply to well,
1: I didn't reply to them because I was on the case that I pressed Twitter and I don't know how Oh like, yeah. I don't want to mess with that as their Twitter and, and I'm just I'm lucky to be part of the team and everything. But had it been my Twitter, I'd have retweeted the shit out of that thing and be like, Hey, look at this
0: moron and just boom. Put out <laughs> um yeah, but but yeah, man, it, it's just with Usman, though, um, a lot of people were, were avoiding that guy like mm-hmm. people did not want to fight him. And now it's like if you want to get to the top, this is who you have to fight. Um, and, and by the way, uh, everyone knows that uh, Colby Covington is the next guy. And I want to get to that in a second. But uh, I, I don't know if you saw Dana White's interview. He uh, was on TSN with Aaron Braun Center or however you say his name. Mm-hmm. And he basically said, yeah, Colby Covington's the next guy. And that was, you know, that was known for three days. But it's like in the press conference, everyone's like, what's next for Kamaru Usman? Is it Colby Covington? Is it a super fight? Is it this? Is it that? Is it? It's like, quit acting like fucking idiots. Like Dana White just said a couple of days ago that it's Colby Covington. But everyone wants to like. I, I think people just want to be like, oh, yeah, Dana White told me that it's Colby coming to – it's like come- – Yeah, I
1: love that. Yeah, Colby coming to is next, per me, Dana White told me personally. Like, okay, here's the thing about – it. you noticed, um, Luke Thomas no longer ever part of the press pool. But who's yeah, always there? John Morgan, who I have respect for, met the guy, super nice. Um, uh, you know, the usual suspects are always part of the press pool over there, right? The UFC has done such a really good job of making sure they don't get people asking them any more real questions at pressers that you get the same shit, every fucking presser. That's why I don't watch. I don't watch, dude, I don't watch press conferences. I watch, uh, uh I watch the post fight interview with Dana and then, you know, like fighters. Right. But as soon as like, like I'll, I'll watch when he says the gate was this, the gate was that so-and-so got the, you know, this bonus and all that stuff. And then I stop watching. Cause I can't, I look, man, I have, I, I was a journalist. I was a legit journalist. I did the job. I had my degree in yeah, journalism. And exactly, right? It hurts my soul to hear some of the stupid shit that these motherfuckers get to ask. They get they you get in front of Dana White and the best question is, "Hey man, what's next for Usman?" Motherfucker, what? <laughs> oh my god, please, you're killing me. You're I, fucking I was, killing me.
0: My brother and I went to um uh, this, uh, it was not a pre fight. It was like one of those press conferences where they promote like cards for the future. So it was like Habib and Dustin Poirier, yeah. Daniel Cormier and Stipe Miocic, mm-hmm. Max Holloway and uh, Volkanovsky. And then there was uh, another mm-hmm. um, title match they were promoting. But anyway, the eight fighters on the stage. John Morgan, of course, has the first question. And I don't remember what the question was, but I could just hear people behind me. They're like, oh, that's such a horrible question. Like, <laughs> yes.
1: It yeah. is. It, it, that only the, that's it's cringy he has to say first of all he has the same exact question every week you could always guess what he's gonna ask before he asks it but um again respect for john morgan not i'm not dissing the guy at all he worked his ass off to get where he is and he plays the game to stay in the game good for you bro yeah um but the same question being asked bugs the hell out of me and people like and again not dissing the dude because you know i i'm not gonna knock anyone's hustle people like the schmo getting to ask questions i'm just like god damn it. Like, yeah i know Bro, like I get it, Your act is tired as fuck and everything, but dude, please ask something else. Well, do something if you,
0: different. If you watch his podcast, he can't keep that act going for like an hour long. Like he has to, right? He has to kind of loosen up a bit and just kind of be himself. Um, I was gonna it, say it, one more thing about the press it, conferences. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember what were we what were we gonna say.
1: No, I was gonna say with, with with the schmo. It hurts to see a fellow Wildcat do shit like that.
0: Oh, he's a Wildcat.
1: <laughs> he's the Arizona oh. alum. Okay, cool. That's a, that's what I'll leave it at. <laughs>
0: um, that that dude, I think him and Ariel Helwani have more beef than like some of the fighters. He, you want smoke? if You're watching this shit. Get in line, motherfucker. I called him out first. All right, I've been wanting oh. to fight Helwani. <laughs> um, I just, I just remember what I was, Oh, Oh, oh I remember what I was going to say. One of the reasons I watch these press conference, first of all, the post fights are not as fun anymore because mm. they don't have like the entire group. It's now one by one. Right. Cause sometimes they would talk shit, but a, mm-hmm. to my, to my understanding, they stopped doing that because there were some fighters who waited their entire night to be a part of that. And they got asked nothing. No more
1: questions. Yeah. yeah.
0: But the reason I watch it now is because of the dumb questions. Like there is some entertainment value in that. so. <laughs> I mean, it's true.
1: Do no, you know the one last night that uh, I didn't? Obviously, I didn't watch it live because the fights are still going on. But I caught the video afterwards. Was and we'll talk about Weidman in a second. Because damn! Oh my god, Anthony! Watching Anthony Smith's face when they told him that what happened to Weidman, you could feel the heartbreak in that man's face. Like those are some of those rare moments in post fight pressers where you see some real emotion. You know what I'm saying? Some like real, like not real emotion, but some like like a real moment, and you caught that live. The other one that I remember was uh, they're asking Adesanya in the background about on the back about something, and it's when Masvidal landed that neon on Ben Askren, and uh, and uh, Adesanya just flips out. That was like some of that well, real shit.
0: Hold on, I, I've always wanted to. I don't know if you know the answer to this. I know uh, there are a couple of guys at Cage Side Press sure. who uh, who are in the media, but are are they doing press conferences during fights? Yeah, yeah. So
1: uh, if you if you ever hit, hit up uh, Gabriel, okay. Gabriel, uh double g on TV. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. He uh yeah, when he goes to he goes to all these all he goes to a bunch of UFC cards, right? Yeah. But, you know, the fight happens and then he goes to the back. They have fighters answering questions in the back during the fights.
0: So, I don't like yeah,
1: that. He does it. All the time. I don't either. I, if, I, if I was covering the fights, I wouldn't like that either. And if I and, and I don't know how it works uh, if he goes by himself or he has a teammate, but if I was like sent down a UFC card I have a really hard time leaving the event to go ask questions. I would be like, "Hey, I need one more other person then. So at least one of us gets to like go ask questions and one of us gets to watch.
0: Yeah. That I'd be interested. Cause like a lot, I used to work for six sports radio here in Kansas city and they would always try to have a team, you know, somebody goes to the uh, home team locker room and then someone mm-hmm. goes to the visiting team. Right. Cause if you're, if you're, Covering the sport, you need to pay attention to the fight so you can ask questions. I don't know. Maybe that's why Dana White gets so many horrible questions post-fight because those <laughs> people cannot focus on the fights. So I don't know. I've always oh. been uh, curious about that because I always notice the upload times on YouTube. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wait, the fights are happening right now and the press yeah. conference is also happening. So I've always yeah, they, wondered that.
1: They get these guys through as much as as fast as they can, uh, for the same reason. They don't want the guy that fought first you know, in the doing the, the press are way too late. Yeah. I do probably that do probably want to go back to his hotel room and eat and chill out or, or get tended to his injuries or whatever, or her injuries.
0: No, that makes a hundred percent sense, but uh, we got a little sidetracked there, uh, but sorry, that's okay. Um, yeah. So yeah, this whole uh, Covington and Usman, I mean, look, obviously the, the bitterness is there. Uh, and I'm sure the trash talk leading up to the mm-hmm. fight is going to be a lot of fun to watch, but man, um, I, I picked Covington to win last time because I don't, recall that guy losing a round now apparently he lost a couple of rounds to Usman according Mm -hmm. to one judge um I did not think he did but I think that's going to be Usman is a much better fighter now and that's natural if you keep defending your belt and and he has some TKO KO finishes how do you see this uh folding out because as much as I want to pick Covington I feel like Usman is just going to be better prepared this time around
1: how long Covington been out he hasn't fought in a minute right
0: his last so ever since that title match loss to Covington, I think he just fought Woodley. I want to say it was last summer. I'll look that up real quickly.
1: Okay, so he hasn't fought since let's say, let's say last summer against Woodley, where we beat the well. He broke uh, Woodley's rib, according. Oh to Woodley, yeah. But um, but uh, uh, and I say according to Woodley because I never saw an X fan. I'm sure he put one out, and I'm sure I'm full of shit. Whatever. But um, September September of 2020. Okay, so he hasn't been on the shelf that long. Okay, well that makes sense. Um, I still think Usman's been like just coming off of what we did last night and the improvements that has been showing I think Covington is not going to have as good a fight as he did last time I don't think I I'm not sure what Covington could do different than uh, that would actually affect Usman that being said Covington's got the wrestling he can definitely wrestle with with Usman um it's the striking that I'm that I'm curious about well Usman yeah. has I mean I, cause Usman clearly got better now now that I remember this from last night Uzin was throwing some looping hooks, some weird, like, yes like After amateur, got up, after uh, yeah, some weird amateurish ass, like what like loading up. And I was sitting there going, like, he's got to be baiting, right? Is this is yeah. a bait. It's got to be bait to get to get uh, Mazzaroth to rush him, right? You throw a looping hook, Mazzaroth's gonna come in with something straight, maybe rush him, and and like, what's the what's the game plan here? Um. I'm hoping it was bait and I'm hoping that wasn't just like a giant hole. He just showed everybody. But um, uh, that is something that was concerning to me. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm I'm I've been wanting to see Covington Usman too for a minute because I thought that first fight was really close. Yeah. And, uh, and I really want to do want to see that fight. I, honestly, I, I, I have a hard time picking up picking a winner on that one. But um, something that sticks out to me is is Covington uh, kind of going after Masvidal in in social media. So he hasn't really been going after Usman too much. He was going after Masvidal. Yeah. I don't know if he thought Masvidal was going to win or if he'd rather fight Jorge instead of Usman, which I wouldn't blame him if he did.
0: Yeah, especially after last fight. night. Oh, um, yeah, they have some weird back and forth. They used to be good friends or whatever. And then I don't know what the whole thing okay, with Colby. Do you, and.
1: Do you think it's fake?
0: I think it's fake. Is what fake?
1: They're beef. I think they're in both of them.
0: I don't know, man. Um... Because a lot of people talk shit, but everybody has like, everybody has sh- shook hands except mm-hmm. for Habib and Connor, mm-hmm. And then Colby bolted out when he lost to, um, when he lost to Usman, mm-hmm. everyone else, they, I mean, they shake hands, uh, like even, um, TJ Dillashaw and Cody Garbrandt after one of the press conferences, yeah. uh, they, were, they were like chatting after yeah. afterwards. It's like, I don't know. I don't think it's fake. It, it, there's definitely something real. I mean, mm-hmm. Masvidal ha- has had a lot to say about Covington, and mm-hmm. same the other way around. I don't think it's fake.
1: Okay, because well, I just to me it just seems like like you think they're playing. Every time I see either one of them talk shit, I'm like, Kobe Covington is talking shit to the guy <clears throat> who served up Leon Edwards for looking at him wrong. He looked at him wrong, and he came up with his hands up a little bit, and yeah. Masvidal went up there with his hands behind him in the back. You've seen the video. He's crack 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 right. That's all it took we might as well throw hands on that dude. But Kobe's going to post a bunch of crazy shit on social media and say all this nutty stuff, and Usman's not going to touch him? Come on, man. This, you know what I mean? So, look, either way, even if it's, like, orchestrated, and they're like, hey, let's talk some shit back and forth, whatever. We'll sell this fight. If it happens, it's going to be great. Even if that's what it is, great. Like, you know, go get your money, boys. I, I fully support that.
0: Um, I will say, uh, I, I think a fight between Covington and Connor. Would be great. Covington's gonna smoke him, but the trash talk leading up to it would be epic. Uh, What? Speaking of which, I
1: uh, think Covington gets buried.
0: (laughs) Oh, really? The trash talk or the actual fight in the trash talk in the trash. Oh, in the the
1: fight, I think Covington wins that shit. Yeah, no, I
0: agree on both of those with you. Mm -hmm. Um, Connor did call out Usman. Apparently, (laughs) apparently, uh, Usman copied a one-two from McGregor, which. I guess McGregor invented a one, two jab. I don't know. Um, I'm not quite sure, but, uh, look, if you're going to fight Usman, if you're Conor McGregor, you better make drastic improvements with your cardio and you better find have a better takedown deal. I know a lot of people are going to say, well, he did with Nate Diaz and Nate Diaz is great. I know you're as big of a fan as I am. I see that. I see that photo right behind (laughs) you, but, but you know, Usman is just a way better wrestler than Nate Diaz. Um, I mean Usman will have his way with Connor if they ever fight
1: badly. Like it would be embarrassing. That being said again, I said it a second ago. If it gets you boys paid and gets your family taken care of by all fucking means, I'll be watching. But oh, yeah. um but uh, uh you know but but still like yeah dude, like that whole kind of copied one of my 12s. Well then Connor, you copied one of my 12s, dude. What about that? How about that, bro? I think you had a camera down in Phoenix, Arizona, down in my gym where I was throwing one-twos for hours trying to get that shit down. <laughs> like, you copy me, Connor.
0: Like, imagine a football player makes a one-handed touchdown grab and someone else does right. the same thing a week later. Like, oh, you copied me. What the fuck?
1: Yeah, uh, anyway. totally on purpose. <laughs> um, God damn it.
0: Look, uh, I'm a huge fan of Rosenami Yunus. I said for a mm-hmm. long time, I said she will beat Joanna Jędrzejczyk, and she oh, did yeah. twice. And the crazy thing about this girl is that she's never knocked anyone out before, but the two times she became a champion, she knocked out uh, the, the the champions doing it to Yomana, mm-hmm. uh, actually knocking her down twice. Mm-hmm. Um, and then with uh, Wei Li, like that kick came out of mm-hmm. nowhere. Kind of reminded me of the Ronda uh, head kick yeah. in a way. Yeah. Um, except this was very early in the fight and... People actually, I mean, a lot of people thought Whaley was going to come away away with a win. Rose is not that big at all. But, I mean, Joanna, she's a much taller fighter. Whaley is bigger. Um, But Rose, man, she just finds a way to win. Uh, I really love this girl's style. I I remember when she came to Kansas City and fought Karate Hottie, everybody was cheering for her. As soon as Rose went for that head kick... My dad and I were the only ones in our section that stood up and cheered, and she immediately went for that choke. I think she has the uh, record for most finishes in the strawweight division, got if it. I'm not at mistaken. This point,
1: she's got to at this point.
0: Like, this chick is good, and she doesn't really get that kind of credit, in my opinion.
1: She doesn't. She doesn't, and she should. Uh, in fact, the only time you ever hear about her is when she says some political shit, and it blows up. and, and Oh, yeah. Gets, everyone gets in their feelings. But first of all, don't po- please, people, don't politicize MMA. I don't. I was rooting for Jorge Masvidal last night, even though I picked the Usman. I was rooting for Jorge because I enjoy watching Jorge, right? And, and I was rooting for Rose because I have been a Thug Rose fan since she started. Since the Flying Armbar and in Invicta years ago, yeah. when she trained an entire training camp, came into the fight injured as hell, and finished it with a Flying Armbar within minutes. Like, all that work for minutes, right? But um, but I've been a fan of Thug, so I was like, so everyone was like, oh, I can't believe she said that about you know, Better Dead than Red and all that shit. I'm like, Forget all that. Focus on the fight. But she is different. I don't know everyone said that I'm different. No, she is legitimately different. Yeah. She's one of those champions who just looks at looks for holes in her own game and patches them up. Um, yeah, when she came into this, we were talking about this fight last week, last Wednesday. Myself, Fred Kirby on Keep a Warriors Live, and we were talking about who's gonna win and whatnot. Um, and and uh, I think we both picked Waylee. Because of like it's very hard for in fact Rose is the first female to win her title back in UFC yeah. history. Mm-hmm. So I, me hanging on to that fact that beforehand I was like no one's ever done it. Can she do it? Yeah. So I remember saying I think Waylee's gonna win, but if anybody's gonna beat Jane Lee, it's Rose Namajunas for the fact that she's got such a good camp behind her, such good coaching and a good a good uh, mind, and she believes in herself so much. Um, that she was able to take out Joanna twice, she was able to take out Karate Hottie, um, and then she, you know, she she took out a uh, she beat Andrade, right? uh,
0: yeah, back? and she she avenged the loss. You're talking Rose, right? Rose, Rose, Rose. Yeah, Rose. she avenged the loss. Okay, so. she
1: got that back. So in rematches, like she's doing pretty well, but also when she faces someone like like a Wei Zhang, uh, like a Joanna, who's supposed to be this all world beater, um, but has one good one big attribute like you were saying a second ago joanna taller longer muay thai champion right um jane weili bigger stronger hits like a truck she's able to take on these on these girls who have one or two really big attributes and piece them up with her skill like she comes into the fight light on her feet left right left right in and out like keeping weili guessing weili started getting a little uh you could tell she was getting a little frustrated with the movement and then being there to the point where she left herself wide open. I don't even want to say wide open because it wasn't that wide open. That kick came out and no one thought it was going to go up the way it did. It was incredible. Um, so, no, man, Thug roses is just different, man. It's just, And I'm super happy to see her where she is. And, dude, I, I don't know about you, but I got chills as she's walking out to the cage um, and she's saying something. She's, like, mouthing something. I'm like, uh-huh. Yeah. I'm the i'm i'm the best i'm the best and a lot of people will see some shit like that and be like oh she's a weirdo i'm like dude if you're walking to a title fight you got the the ice cold stare that she that you got that that she has and you're saying i'm the best i'm the best all the way to the bell ringing and starting the fight she's never done that before a fight no before you the last few fights she's done like say like the lord's prayer like she did against joanna yeah comes up the book woman cussing around saying a bunch of shit and she's just like our father who art in heaven you know i mean like she's like, like <laughs> the lord's prayer in front of there i'm like i'm like yo that just creeped me the fuck out if I'm joanna i'm a little mind fucked right now <laughs>
0: like joanna's like boogie woman is coming for you, Rose. and then uh joe rogan's interviewing her during the uh weigh-ins or whatever and rogan's like oh you're still talking to her? what are you saying i'm saying the lord's prayer and rogan's like doing his rogan look that's some um, cool
1: shit, dude. Like, yeah, no, that's like a. Oh, was it Pulp Fiction? Um, Samuel L. Jackson's character, every time he's about to fuck somebody up, he reads out like a Bible verse off the top of his head, and he's like, and he strikes down with furious
0: anger. I'm like, that is some cold shit. Um, by the way, I see a couple of you guys uh, asking questions in the comments on the Facebook page because we're streaming this live on Facebook. We'll get to your questions uh, uh later on. Uh, so stay tuned for that. But yeah, man, I mean, Rose is just she's a smaller fighter. And look, because she she's got shorter hair and everything, you would think she's she'd be a much easier to market. And maybe if she does have like a long title run, maybe they can do that with her. Because I because I think she can be a fighter that a lot of people could get behind. Like um, and look, she doesn't go out there and she she doesn't talk shit. So mm-hmm. I guess those guys are not easy to market. Look at Demetrius Johnson. The guy never talked about you know someone else's wife or mother. Like the mm-hmm. guy just showed up, fought like a man, and uh, got out of there. So those guys unfortunately don't get the big coverage. Right. Um, so I don't know. Uh, I hope they can do something with her because she's awesome.
1: The thing with her when she had hair when she first came in. I mean she's still a good, really beautiful woman, right? Like still oh yeah. Now. Like, when she had hair, like, they marketed the hell out of her, though. Like, she's super cute. The hair was there. She had the makeup and everything was perfect. And, like, they had her in that, uh, for the Tough series, when she came in, um, they had, like, that gif, where she would, like, she was in a dress, and then she would throw a kick, like a spin kick, and then all of a sudden, you know, the graphics would change, she'd be in her fight gear. Like, uh yeah, you know, they used to market her a little bit. She shaved her head, and they stopped. And it's just, like, okay, I get, the, I get it. You know, she, you don't think she appeals, I guess, but Um, she's a great example for young women everywhere. Like she's a great example of what 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 a woman can accomplish if she puts her mind to it, and and, uh, anybody, anybody can accomplish, mind you. But specifically, like if you have a daughter and you want, hey, look little little thug rose little unassuming thug rose that has anxiety issues and real world life you know real world problems mm-hmm. and literally didn't fight because you know this douchebag threw a fucking dolly through a window like stuff like that like she has real issues i love like, how you worded
0: look- that by the way yeah he's a douchebag anyway <laughs> but uh <laughs> but uh,
1: uh i think even his fans would admit it but uh i think but um you know what i mean like, like that she's an example our daughter, she, she's got, you know, every young woman that grows up, you know, with with, with their own issues, She'd be like, hey, she did it. She did it. You can do it, right? You would think you would market her in a, in a positive way. But instead, we're marketing, and again, not knocking her hustle. Before anyone gets on me about it, I'm not knocking her hustle. But Valerie Loreta is more known for shaking her ass than her fighting. Can we be honest about that for a second? She is marketable because of that. For example, right? Yeah. Um uh, And so, mind you, she's a badass fighter. Like, holy shit! Like, Valeria Lareda can crack. I can't wait to see her fight some. You know, keep moving up in Bellator. Hopefully, they give her like, like a really hard fight sometime soon, and and she can uh, earn her title shot in Bellator and maybe even come to the UFC. But, um, you know, but uh, uh, it's it's a weird marketing is a weird weird monster by itself, man. And like yeah. in the UFC, who do we see female wise? that they market because even Amanda Nunes doesn't get as much push as she should. No. She, has like, she has like, she has like one beer commercial.
0: No, you're, you're absolutely not wrong about that. I mean, I, I feel like, I feel like Holly Holm got a lot of marketing, but I think it's because she beat Rhonda. Um, she beat Rhonda. You know, it's funny. Somebody went on, on Twitter joined in on a conversation I was having with someone um, and they said, Oh, uh, Valentina Shevchenko is, is a star. You guys don't know what you're talking about. no, there's a difference between a great fighter and a star. Valentina Shevchenko is not a star. The UFC doesn't market her as one. Um, right. You just go out ask any casual, you know, who's the flyweight women's flyweight champion. They couldn't tell you who it is. You ask um, who the uh, women's flyweight champion has been for since Joanna. I don't, I don't think a lot of people could tell you. Um, right. Yeah. You, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, it's, it's a tricky situation there. I, I get you cannot market everybody. Mm-hmm. Um so, you know, that's out of uh, my realm, but I, I get it. The shit talkers, the um, the ones who are, I guess, more out there, they're the ones that uh, get the most attention.
1: I mean, they, they. Uh, I mean, shit. Like, right now, 145 champion. I asked one of my friends who's very much casual. He knows all the champions, right? He always says, I know everyone that's champion of UFC. I'm like, all right, cool. Who's the featherweight champ? Oh, shit. Hold up. Is it the Hawaiian, right? The Hawaiian. No. The Hawaiian got, got got that stolen from him. I, that's my personal opinion. We can talk about it later. But uh, I'm like, no, what's his last name? The guy's last name. He's like, oh, nah, dude. Uh... I'm like, do you know anyone by the name Volkanovsky? He goes, who the fuck is that? I'm like, right. Like the shit talkers don't. like. He's not a shit talker. That guy just shows up to fight too.
0: Well, here's you know. another thing, you know, just to, and like marketing. That's one issue with the UFC, mm-hmm. but I'm on their website right now looking at the strawweight uh, division. Yeah. Whaley is still the champion on their website. They, like, they wait till on.
1: Monday to change that shit. They should I, do it right away. But they yeah, wait you should do that
0: right away because um, uh, like I, I don't know. They have some <laughs> weird glitch on their website. Row The number one ranked fighter is blank that's supposed to be Rose, but she's not on this list. So I don't know. They've got some, uh, some issues with their website. Uh, but anyway, UFC,
1: I hire me UFC, hire four, me. I will fix
0: $4.2 billion, dollar, uh, sell and they can't, they can't do any of that. But, uh, no, I'm happy for Rose. She's uh she's a great fighter. Very underrated in my opinion. And, uh, there was not a doubt in my mind she'd win winning like that so early Mm-hmm. That was unexpected to me.
1: Very much unexpected. I thought. I thought. I thought if she won that fight, it was going to be in the third, fourth round because I thought Whaley was not going to be able to chase Rose around for three, four rounds and not get gassed the hell out. Yeah, but she was going to get super tired. And if Joanna could take, uh, Joanna probably took it like, the fourth round, fifth round when they fought when her and Whaley fought. What do you think? She took the fifth round.
0: Uh, I I don't remember off the t- top of my I, head. I thought I, I, if- I thought Whaley won the fight though.
1: Oh, for sure. For Waylee definitely won the fight. But I mean, like, I, I, I think it was near the end of the fight. Wayley started slowing down big time. Uh, or what I thought was big time. And so going off of that, too, I thought Rose doesn't ever get tired. She could use that. So we'll see. But I thought it was like, I thought she was going to win that fight at the end of the fight. If she won the fight, it was going to be near the end of the fight.
0: Uh, I do want to ask you about mm-hmm. Valentina. Well, I don't, I don't have much to say. First, uh, two things, and both very mm-hmm. quick. Valentina's great, okay? There's no question about it. I'm a huge Amanda Nunes fan. Mm-hmm. I, I, even I think that Valentina did win that fight, uh, that rematch yeah. that they had. But uh, the other thing is, look, um, Jessica Andrade is tough, and she is good. Mm-hmm. I don't want to, you know, say she's not. But this is a former strawweight fighting a former bantamweight. Um, and look, mm-hmm. You know, weight classes, do they mean anything? I don't know. Uh GSP lost to a former lightweight once, and GSP still found a way to beat Michael Bisping, who was a former light heavyweight. Because yep. uh, I remember Bisping on his podcast was like, oh, GSP lost to Matt Serra once. I'll be just fine. Well, we saw how that panned out. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. I, I just felt like there was such a massive size difference between the two, and Valentina's is a beast. I, I just – even um i think it was gabriel who even asked she goes was that easy because it looked easy it's like yeah it did look easy
1: dude she valentina takes you know you, know, you see that mean the michael jordan mean where i you know i took it personal i took it personal the entire lead up to this fight mind you not many people were talking about this fight at all no like i think we all knew what was going to happen but um we didn't know it was going to happen the way it did but i think like Valentina heard just a few people say, "Well, Andrade has the, has the he, you know, she's Brazilian, she's got the, you know, she's got jujitsu and all that. She's definitely got the leg up on the, on the on the ground game, right?" And Valentina took that personally, and spent the entire fight taking her ass down. Like, and then to finish it in crucifix was like, ooh, "Yeah, that is beautiful." So, and at the end of the fight, she basically says, "Like, for anyone trying to find weaknesses, there are none." Like, whoo yeah. shit!" Well, we, here's not only is she a badass; she's confident now.
0: Oh, yeah, very. Here's my thing. And it's not Valentina's fault. My thing is, I just don't look forward to a lot of her fights. And I don't know if it's because the flyweight, I don't want to say the flyweight division is new because we've had some fighters for a while now. But I guess, you know, is the 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 top five there is that a valid top five? I feel like this division is still kind of finding its its identity, in my opinion, Uh, because let's be honest. We don't know who the big star is. I mean, I, I know a lot of people said um, uh, Paige Van Zamp, but I think it's more because of her looks than anything. She's exactly. a very overrated fighter. I know she's not there now, but she was right. like the most talked about flyweight when that division came out. I don't know. I just never look forward to Valentina's fights because I know what's going to happen. And look, everyone thought Ronda was invincible. Everyone's beatable. But I don't know. In that division, I just don't see a challenge for her.
1: There isn't. There isn't. And, and I know 125 was made to let straw weights come up and band weights come down, and it has not mattered. Like, who, mm-hmm. who did she fight? Uh, Shevchenko fought um, either Maya or Chukagian last.
0: Or I both. think it was Chukagian because I remember the running joke was Chugay, Chukagian took out her frustration on Shevchenko's sister.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, exactly right. So when she fought Chukagian, I heard about the matchup. I was like, oh God, it's going to be a murder. And oh, she beat her ass. Like it hey, was this bad. So you're right. There's not a lot to look forward to because there's no real challenges. Everybody wants newness. Everybody yeah, sh- wants to see them in this newness.
0: Oh, everyone does, except for Dana White, at least last night. Uh, wow. by the way, just to correct myself, uh, she beat Jessica Andraj. The previous fight was Jennifer Maya, and then before Got it. that, it was Caitlyn Chukagi And Got it. um, so yeah, um, there's there's that. I mean, Liz Carmouche, a good good fighter, but th- I mean, like okay, number one is uh Shevchenko and then Mm -hmm. number two is whoever whoever you want to say is number two there is a big gap between one and two in that division yeah uh man uh there's
1: that the call there's a there's a call to see Shevchenko Nunes, and there's only a few whispers I've seen to see Rose move up that would interest me deeply I don't know if I would pick Rose in that fight but I also didn't pick her in this fight you know, yeah I, so.
0: I, I, i'm a big rose fan i would not pick her against shivchenko yeah um,
1: I do, but, but, but i don't think the they'll thing. fight
0: they no. aren't are they best friends or they, they train together yeah um there's always like this running rule like you know friends don't mm-hmm. fight friends unless you know there's no one else left in the division right nope i don't know <laughs> um man this was kind of a bad night uh for for legs or leg injuries in specific uh the Whoa. first one Um, the first one wasn't brutal. Uh, what, what was the, um, the fighter's name against Anthony Smith? Jimmy Crute. Yeah. He, he had kind of a rough one there. He was trying to, you know, tough it out, but you know, there's a reason why they have doctors there. I don't have too much to say about that one, but the wide win one man, man, uh, look, this guy had a remarkable career. He pulled off one of the biggest upsets against Anderson Silva. Ironically in the rematch, Silva snapped his leg against him and then all of a sudden, he loses the belt to Luke Rockhold in December of 2015. He's only won twice mm-hmm. since then. He's what's his record? Uh, he was 13 and 0 ever since his 13 and 0 career unbeaten record. He's lost six of his last eight, um, in, in, including this leg injury here. Uh, yeah, from from late 2015 all the way through almost mid 2021. He's only won twice. Um, and listen, I know Dana White was asked this and he doesn't want to speculate, but it is kind of reality. It's like, can this guy, considering his age and how much he's struggled lately, can he come back from this? Um, I don't know. I, 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 listen, Alex Smith, the, the leg injury that he had in Washington, like that was really scary to see. And for him to come back even and be able to play it out and even led Washington, it, it, the division was horrible, but still led Washington to a playoff uh, appearance. Um, that was great to see. Can Chris mm-hmm. Weidman do the same thing in a much more physical sport? I don't know, man. What are your thoughts on that? So, uh, Jesus, when I, and I still replay it in my head because I, I watched it
1: like 30 times. I, it's one of those morbid things where you can't stop watching it. No. But uh, his leg hits, and it wraps around Hall's leg. And then he brings it back. So when you throw a kick, for anyone who doesn't know, when you throw a kick, when you land it, you don't just go through the leg. You push off their leg to reset, get back in the stance. So you crack, push off and come back. He cracked, pushed off. It wrapped around. He pushed off, came back. Did not know it was broken until he tried to step on it. Like, yeah, that God was scary. damn. So that was bad. So he drops. When you see it, like, like you speak about, you talk about Alex Smith. Alex Smith almost died. He almost yeah. died from that shit. He got infection. It was, it was real nasty for him in there. Watching Wyman go, the second that snap hit and hit the ground and the fight was called, I was like, get his ass to a hospital. They might have to save that leg or that foot. Like, that's a nasty break. They did the same thing to Silva. They rushed his ass to the hospital. Now, when Silva came back, he was never the same, right? No. When he fought Weidman, like, after he got knocked out by Weidman, he lost a little bit. When he broke his leg against Wyman he lost what it seemed like to be the rest of it. Any kind of invincibility, he, I don't think he ever finished anybody ever again. Um, I think he might have won one fight. Or two yeah
0: he won wa- he won a fight that a lot of people were surprised that judges gave it to him
1: yeah yeah, yeah. so um yeah so there you go so like but can't do i think chris wyman can do it i think he's gonna try i think a guy like chris wyman is not gonna just like let that happen and let that be the end of his story um i just don't know if he'll be able to pull it off that was that was nasty so he had surgery according to dan white <laughs> per yes me. i'm just kidding um <laughs> per <laughs> me seen in the post interview yeah give me credit Um, but, uh, he had surgery this morning. So I'm hoping everything went well, uh, and everything. So, but dude, like 30, was he 37, 36, whatever he is. He's not, he's 36. Yeah. He's still a monster. He's still one of those guys that in the gym is, is unbeatable. Even Anthony's supposed to tell you that. Um, but in the cage, obviously it's different. So I, I felt, first of all, I feel bad for both guys. Adam or Uriah Hall. If you remember, this is the same guy who lost a lot of his whatever it factor when he hit when he he uh spinning heel kicked uh Adam forgot his last name but the dude on on tough when he hit that dude and sent him to the hospital remember you remember that
0: highlight right even like, uh, like it I'm was
1: chael versus jones the the ultimate oh, fighter
0: oh oh uh okay I'm looking yeah, at yeah. the Wikipedia right now. It's uh, I was I was not following MMA at the time, so okay, no, yeah, yeah. but yeah, that was okay. Adam Sella.
1: So Adam Sella, yeah, Uriah Hall throws a spinning a spinning back heel kick, cracks him. Dude goes frozen, drops, and then his breathing like freaks out, like he starts like hyperventilating on the ground. Hall steps like stands over there, and his face is like, "Did I just kill him, man?" After that, like Uriah Hall is supposed to be the next Anderson Silva in the UFC, and he hasn't been that. Right. Like mm-hmm. he was phenomenal in the Ultimate Fighter series until that fight. And then Gasolin beat him in the final. And then he's gone off to have a, an OK career since then. Um, but he had that same exact look on his face yesterday, man. That was that was tough to see. So, you know, hoping for the best of Weidman and his family. And hopefully, you know, I would love to see him come back. Like, OK, I know before this fight, I was like, I'm done with Chris Weidman. Stop getting your ass beat. And, you know, stop getting mauled in there and everything. But for him to come back, at least fight one more time coming off his injury, I would love to see that.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, look, the middleweight, um, that was a middleweight fight, by the way, last night, correct? Middleweight fight, yeah. Okay, because <laughs> I know Weidman's been kind of jumping up and down a bit with light heavyweight and middleweight, but um, I don't know, the, the, the landscape of the middleweight division have, has changed uh, ever since GSP won and retired. I mean, Bisping's no longer here. Musasi's no longer in it. Uh, Rock, what is Rockwell is, is Rockhold still alive? He yeah, he's alive. He's he's okay. training somewhere. He was
1: uh, uh you see that video of Bisping going into the gym and oh. and, uh, and Rockhold's hitting the bag and yes. Bisping
0: starts playing with Rockhold's dog. <laughs> yeah, and, and 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 then they like shook hands and shit. I was like, oh wow, that's they that's got over cool. it. See, everyone shakes hands except for uh, Connor and Habib. Everyone, um, yeah. but but yeah, um. I, I mean, the, the middleweight division is so much different now. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, you have some damn good fighters there. I don't know what his plan is. I hope he comes back. I mean, I, I, I it, it, it's the same to me, but just, just if I was in his shoes, it's like, man, is it worth it to come back anymore? I don't know. Uh, You know what's so weird is these undefeated fighters, they'll have this like long stretch and then... They struggle. Like Henry Cejudo was undefeated mm-hmm. and then struggled for a bit. Ronda Rousey was undefeated and then lost the next two fights. Holly Holm. um, I think Holly Holm is still kind of recovering since her undefeated run. Sure. Wideman, you know, I, I don't know. Like, is it a good thing to be undefeated? Because, and look, I, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but Israel Adesanya, he just lost for the first time. Mm-hmm. Is that going to continue? I, I hope not. But, man, right. uh, what, is it, what is it with these undefeated guys?
1: I don't know. I mean, you either, you know, what, is it, what was I saying? Like, you either uh, die the good guy, you live long enough to be the, become the villain or whatever, that kind of thing. Like, yeah. with, with being undefeated, like, Habib bailed out. He's like, I'm 29-0. Peace. Now, he might come <laughs> back. Who knows? But he was like, I'm, I'm undefeated. I'm out of here. But psychology is very important in, in, in athletics. and all sports. All sports. Yeah. I mean, we've seen a quarterback, Sam Darnold, gets drafted by the Jets. He's great at USC, has all the mechanics, is everything you want in a prototypical quarterback, goes to the Jets, and somehow everyone calls him trash, and then he gets traded to the Panthers. Like, Sam Darnold should still be a Jet, and then she got a real, a real coach sat behind him, and he would have been good. Like, I still stand behind the fact that Sam Darnold was good. The problem is they massacred his, his, uh, his confidence, right, um, yeah. the way I see it. In, in, in Arizona, Josh Rosen, massive dick, but I uh, just an asshole. But um, and I, I can say that I'm a Cardinal fan. But uh, but uh, he uh, he comes in with all this fake ass bravado and confidence. Supposedly, turns out has no confidence. Gets beat up for most of the season. Now he's like the fourth quarterback in the, on the Niners roster. Uh, who else are we looking for here? Like all these guys, Matt Liner. Matt, there you go, best example. Yeah, that's Matt a good Liner example. drafted number ten. All right. Not a guy that throws a deep ball, but accurate and smart and smart in the pocket for the most part. Comes in and uh, who's he? He was in Tennessee a little while ago. Our head coach was, uh, fuck that dude. I can't believe we still we. Oh, Ken Wizenhunt Hunt yeah. asked him to throw the deep ball. Like ten interceptions later, and you and you wonder why Leonard sucks. Like what the fuck? Like what are we doing? So in MMA, if you're Ronda Rousey, you keep telling everybody, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna retire undefeated. I'm going to be the greatest ever. Sure, self affirmations are awesome and they're great in the mirror in the morning before you head to work. Not to the media where it can bite you in the ass. In a sport where everybody loses. Yeah. Other than it could be. Everybody yeah. loses. So she gets knocked out. Confidence is out the window. Comes back. I guess I got to you know fight again. When Nunes wins the belt, thinks she's going to beat her. And then uh, uh it didn't work out. Because you know who she fought? Yeah, she fought Nunes. Like, I guess I got to come back. And I'm like, I remember... Daniel White said that in the in the, in the post fight after Nunes got the belt off of uh, Tate? a Tate. yeah, yeah. After you got, Daniel was like in the back going, "Ronda, yeah." Rhonda texted me a little bit ago. I guess I got to get back in train. As soon as I read that, I, I, I saw that I was like, "Nunes is gonna fuck Ronda up." Like, badly gonna fuck her up.
0: Well, who was it? Was it Joe Rogan that week? Uh, leading up, so Ronda, I guess, was like in the best shape of her life. If you look at the Sports Illustrated cover the week she made her return um i mean you can see a big difference in her body um mm-hmm. and she looked great and i remember i think it was joe rogan who was like oh man she could fight floyd mayweather and this was back when like connor was trying to get that fight and it's like let's see her beat amanda Nunes first for crying out loud um but yeah no i don't know what it is uh but hopefully chris weidman um can come back strong from that because that is uh the I, I i agree with you like the snap was bad the Planting the leg, oof, that's um, that was worse, yeah. That I, I, I that is when I turned my head away. I can watch a gruesome injury, mm-hmm. that right there, who, yeah, that was Dude, um,
1: I saw yeah. that and I thought, I thought Alex Smith and I thought Joe Namath and I thought Anderson Silva. Yep. And I was like, oh god, that's bad. And real quick on Joe Rogan, I get it, man. Like, he's fun. I enjoy him, I really do. And I get people that criticize him and don't like him for a m- bunch of reasons, all right. But I would love to have him in my friend circle. Because we would love, because you you can imagine you're sitting out with that dude, everyone's high or drinking beers or whatever, and he's gonna say some wild shit, and everyone's gonna look at him like, You're that fucking guy, dude. Like, you're that guy. I want that guy in my group friend circle because that guy's a lot of fucking fun. So, relax, people. Stop taking Rogan so goddamn seriously and just enjoy the personality. That's what he's there for.
0: No, I mean, when it comes to like anything, whether it's MMA, politics, life, whatever, I really do appreciate Joe Rogan's commentary. I don't know why. Like, I don't get worked up over anything he says. I mean, there are a lot of stupid shit a lot of people say. Um, Dude,
1: oh, my God. He had Alex Jones on the show. I can't believe he had a right winger on the show when he picked the one, one-eyed one patch motherfucker. Um, uh, it's, I can't believe he had so-and-so on the show. He's such a right winger. Meanwhile, right wingers think he's a fucking lefty. I'm
0: like, yes, Dude, he can't make anyone happy. He can't. Dude. He cannot make anyone happy. Dude, when I like talk about politics, like I don't, you know me, man. I I don't like both sides, and, and right. I've made my stance against Trump. But it's like I've had that too, where people are like, "Oh, you are a Trump supporter. Oh, you're a, a, a liberal who loves looting." It's like, shut up. Yeah. No, um, I, I, I,
1: dude, I do that shit too. I I, 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 didn't, I didn't I never got that kind of shit because um, I do the morning talk, which is almost it's MMA is in there, but I talk about whatever the fuck I want. And yeah. people came at me like, "Oh, I can't believe you're 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 a Republican." And I go when the fuck did I say that? And then Republicans would be like, oh, you liberal fucking pussy, you're a liberal. I'm like, when the fuck did I say that? You know, so I, I'm around an episode. I said, I'm the guy you don't want to piss off. You know who I, I'm the guy who just wants to be left the fuck alone. All right? Just leave me alone. I'm cool. I'm not going to put politicize shit. I don't give a fuck. Leave me alone. Well, I'm, I'm in the I, middle, bro.
0: I've never understood the hate for him or Luke Thomas. I think they, all, they both have an open mind and say a lot of valid... Stuff, but shit,
1: Luke Luke is
0: fucking talented. Luke very is a, Luke is a smart analyst. And he's that, not even a fighter. Yeah, that dude is actually not just with fight. Like honestly, if Luke had an MMA podcast, a, a sports podcast that discusses everything but MMA, and a political podcast, I would listen to all three of them. I listen to this shit all the time, dude. Yeah. Right, okay. Except for the mortal, the
1: morning combat. I can't. Whoever his guest host is. Oh, oh my god! Campbell. Shut the fuck up, bro. I can't deal with you, Campbell. Like he. Like Luke gives his eloquent, incredibly detailed analysis of whatever football, football politics, MMA, whatever. Do you boxing. do you have Sirius XM? I do not. Uh, uh, I do not. But my, one of my coworkers does, and so he puts that on shit. That shit on uh, on his computer.
0: Uh, so I, I love Sirius XM. Um... And that fight nation channel they have. I mean, uh, Ryan mm-hmm. McKennel, who does MMA today, it used to be called MMA yep. Tonight. I've had him on, super nice guy. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Smith replaced Luke Thomas, and he's doing good. But man, uh, that channel just it's good, it just mm-hmm. hasn't been the same since Luke left. Like, Luke yeah. talked about a lot of non MMA topics on his pod on mm-hmm. his uh, radio show. Um, in my opinion, that was the best radio show Sirius XM had. Um, Dude,
1: I- i, listened, I used to listen I, I don't know if he still has it he doesn't still have the the the, the chat right uh, like once in a while he has once
0: it. in a while yeah i think
1: dude when he had it every week i was on that every week and yeah. it was i always laugh people oh fuck Lou thomas i'm like okay like whatever
0: the one he, guy i won't listen to ever is hawani i can't do it hawani he'll have some good moments and some bad moments i just can't do it um Anyway. So Luke said – I remember on his radio show when he left, he said he's going to CBS Sports. I have not seen a- anything with him on CBS Sports. Have you? Either
1: Nope. No, I haven't seen him on uh, Showtime. Showtime? Okay.
0: Yeah, Wait, Showtime.
1: Because no, he, he covers
0: Bellator. I don't know, man. That dude needs to be back at radio, and they need to pay him more because yeah. whatever he's, he's doing, I'm City. not a fan of. Yeah. But anyway, hey, yeah. well, my, my point is, like – luke thomas went on rogan's podcast people were like oh i hate these two i'm like so what don't listen don't listen um you know and i'll complain about like reporters like fox news or cnn mm-hmm. who spread fake shit it's like mm-hmm. yeah the reason i complain about them is because they're talking about serious issues and they're spreading fake news out there like mm-hmm. complaining about that and complaining about a podcast are two different things but i digress ahead. um anyway man uh let's uh, get to a couple of questions because i gotta get okay. going again i know uh, you do as well um yeah. Couple of questions on the Facebook chat. Uh, Yvonne uh, posted and said this card was crazy. It was nice to see fans back. They were crazy, but they were calling the man during the fight. Uh, I guess he's ca- talking about Jake Paul. They were calling, I don't know what he means by calling, but they were chanting, fuck Jake Paul several times. You and I talked about this before we started recording. Um, and and, and uh, the other. The other question from Tyler actually has to do with Jake Paul. What do you think of Dana's comments after the um, event in the press conference, uh, talking about Ben Askren and Jake Paul numbers being BS? Let's talk about the the crowd first, which was awesome. It was cool mm-hmm. to see. Look, I mean, I, I don't know what everyone everyone has their own stance on this. I do as well. You know, if you're vaccinated, cool. I think I, no one's going to get hurt by this. There are a lot of weird theories out there that are unproven regarding this vaccine, such as your. Right to vote is going to be taken away. I've been back fully vaccinated for a full week. I can confirm to you, none of my rights have been taken. I did have some, some <laughs> chills and a sore shoulder, but I, my, my right to vote has not been taken away. My, uh, my, my Second Amendment, I still have that. Um, still have some other uh, rights, uh, all of them, in fact. Mm-hmm. Um, listen, where, Dana White said it perfectly. You can wear a mask or you cannot. And people seem to have fun there that that's what's most important when you're paying a lot of money and UFC, you know, this man, UFC Mm -hmm. events are pretty fucking expensive. If you go there, you better have a damn good time. And everyone over there seemed like they were having a lot of fun. And why wouldn't you, there was everything last night. I know the Weidman injury. That's not Mm -hmm. typical, but that is part of fighting. And that's you, you get to say, man, we were there and we reacted to this. We saw, uh, all these knockouts, man. I wish I was at that event. Um, yeah. So, look, it was cool to see the, the crowd back. Uh, in my, I mean, I don't know anyone who would go against that.
1: No, it was, it was uh, other than, the, like I said, the wooing. And, and that's kind of <laughs> the bad. I, I can't fucking say. Look, I'm a, I, I watched wrestling growing up. I loved Ric Flair. Let him fucking do the woo, all right, assholes? Don't bring his shit. And honestly, it only bothers me because I would do live tweets. I actually mute the TV. Because I don't want to hear the commentary and start typing what the fuck they're saying, so I mute the TV. I usually have some music on in the background, and I, uh, I, I, you know, just I just do that. But with, uh, uh, um, with, uh, uh, with the, the like the crowd itself, that was great. It was good. Secret, like, can you imagine the Masvidal knockout without the crowd? Yeah, I know. Like that's it, right? Um, as far as what Dana White said with the uh, with you know the, in regards to COVID and all stuff and wearing mask uh, and he's right. All right. I get it, you know, New Zealand, everyone in New Zealand got their heads out of their asses, got together, like, we're all going to shut down for two weeks, no one's going to do shit, we're going to kill this thing, and then we're going to be able to go watch rugby with no mask in a full stadium way before we did anything. Cool, that worked out. We're in a country where you get that choice, though.
0: Yeah. Dan Hooker, he had to quarantine for a long time after his loss to uh, Michael Chandler.
1: I was heartbroken for that man, dude. He didn't get to see his kids for
0: like a month. He like took a selfie oh, and they're man. like, they're like, it's almost like you're in jail. Like there's this separator yeah. or something. Um, you look, man, I'm not going to, I'm not, gonna, I'm not I, I've never pretended to be some expert or some scientist, but I, I do have common sense, man. Like going back to this pandemic, just real quickly, hmm? in my opinion, when you saw California do their two week stay at home order, and then you saw New York and then you saw um, Chicago and then everyone at different times we needed this had to happen all at the same time right some people started two weeks after another and then everyone extended look if everyone did this at the same time i think we could have done a lot better with this but i think all these politicians both left and right they all failed us um and then they They, fought over this They politicized it yeah they
1: politicized it immediately so i was like as, as usual fucking politics ruins everything but um yeah Luckily, I mean, we're at the point with the whole vaccine again, like I have friends that will refuse to get the vaccine. I know, you know, like my, I, don't, I have family members that refuse to get it. I'm like, cool. I got it. You know why? Because my wife's a nurse and she's a medical professional and she has way more degrees than I do, like way more <laughs> degrees than I do. Okay. I got one. She's got like seven. And then like, uh, like Bruce Banner uh, almost. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, so, <laughs> and, and, you know, and she deals And her friends, her close friends are medical pro- doctors, people that were involved in the studies for the vaccine. And they told her, like, Hey, go get that shit. This is good.
0: Her word uh, is enough for me, dog. Yes. Yeah. Um, I was gonna ask you the the last question from Tyler mm-hmm. uh, about Dana White pretty much saying that the, Ooh, the yeah. Ben Askren uh Logan Paul numbers are bullshit. I don't know why how he knows this. Um he oh, said this people. before he said this about uh Connor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather. He's like, No, 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 the numbers were way bigger than what they're reporting. I'm like how does he know like if they're like why and why is everyone reporting a different number than you i, I don't
1: know right now i don't know because the number i heard was 1.3 million but that was put out there by jake paul who gains from an inflated number right yeah. so how would dana white know dana White's connected to all the fight game dude he's got moles everywhere if he wants them um so i believe him when he says that then the, it wasn't 1.3 million um my faith in humanity would no. hope that it wasn't 1.3 million, because in that case, a lot of kids got their parents to pay for bullshit. But their um, kids. Oh, bro, come on. Okay, Let's I believe you. I Jake believe Paul's, you. Yeah, Jake Paul's fan base is children. Can we understand that, people? His fan base is not adults. Okay, it's children
0: with daddy's credit card. That's literally what it was. I, I but, was I was looking this up this morning. I look. I know nothing about the Paul brothers. The first time I heard of. Logan dude, Paul I, was the suicide forest thing and then I, I dude, was looking at my kids had to
1: tell me about about the Paul brothers.
0: I was looking at his like, YouTube mm-hmm. like the the like five of the six most recent videos are about Pokemon cards. Yep. Um so I'm not quite sure. Listen, I, I was a Pokemon man when I was a kid and all that but uh, I, I don't really know how much interest I have in seeing someone talk about Pokemon cards. That's just I mean
1: all, all those YouTube boxing ones when he fought uh the other YouTube guy and he fought Nate Robinson who was 40 and mostly out of shape at that point um just you know still big um like like th- that dude that dude's fan base was just the kids tuning in and watching the fight dude. Like that always. like my I, I, like my, my oldest watched the uh uh the Nate Robinson the Jake J- Paul fight Right, my two oldest, you know, they're they're my stepkids. They were, you know, they're 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 out in you know in college now. But they watch that shit. They texted me, but oh, you gonna watch the Jake Paul fight? I'm like, the who, the what, the fuck happened? What happened? Like Jake Paul's fighting Nate Robinson. I'm like, I know Nate Robinson. Why the hell is Nate Robinson boxing? (laughs) Why? No, no, I don't want to see that. Yeah, 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 right. So you know, but as far as like with Dana White saying the numbers aren't real, I believe him. Um, that being said. I also agree with Dana White saying that, hey man, that kid, he's getting paid. Because I said it last time, I'm like, Ben Askren and Jake Paul suckered a lot of people into paying a lot of money to watch bullshit. Like even, fights aside, if you had paid 50 bucks to watch a bunch of musical acts, and you ended it with Justin Bieber's voice cracking like he was going through oh, puberty Jesus again? Jesus Christ. That was
0: terrible. The whole broadcast was terrible. Well, well, that MC was like, oh, the moment you've been waiting for, Justin Bieber. And I'm like, thank God I'm streaming this.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I didn't pay for that shit. But uh, in fact, I, I, I was going back and forth between that UFC and that. And I literally just, the only fight I watched was that one, the uh, Askin Paul one. But I've never been annoyed by Snoop Dogg
0: until that. Like, like Snoop, bro, Look. please. Stop. look man um in like 2005 2006 2007 there were like only a dozen youtubers like philip defranco and mm-hmm. dave days and shay carl and i tried to do the whole youtube Shea thing carl. By t- yeah. yeah i know but i tried to do the whole youtube thing by talking about sports and that never got that never even i got like five views and i was mm-hmm. like oh you're a hater um mm. uh if i knew i could make millions of dollars doing YouTube videos about Pokemon cards or whatever Logan Paul does. I would have done this a long time ago, (laughs) but I guess uh, there's a market for that. And people don't realize uh, how to uh, take advantage of that, but hey, good on them. They're finding a way to make money, man. And they're, they're, they're doing it. I even said it about the nose when he got to ESPN. I'm like, yep. He smashed
1: a lot of other people's dreams and, and stole and lied his way to the fucking top, but he could take care of his family that way. Get the hustle on Hawani. I can't stand you. Fuck you. But
0: you know, get, your, get your work on it. Um. Real quickly, before you go, uh, mm-hmm. how can people follow your work, all the podcasts, all the blogs you do? Share that quickly. All right.
1: KeyboardWarriorsMMA.com will get you all the shows and uh, Twitter for the shows at Keyboard MMA and for my personal uh, Twitters at ELAW32. Um, and you can just go on there and I'm constantly tweeting all the shit that I put out constantly. In fact, I probably annoy the fuck out of people, but
0: um, but yeah, that's, that's how you can find me. All right. There it is. Eddie law. Thank you so much, man. I look, I always love having you on. Uh, we'll have to do this again sometime. It's always fun to appreciate you having me on. All right. Eddie law. Go check him out. Go check out all of his podcasts and his blogs there. Appreciate you guys downloading and listening to this podcast. Appreciate those of you who submitted questions and watched live. Uh, we'll be back uh, later. I'll be on a uh, vacation uh, in the next month uh, next month and also my, my birthdays next month. So not a lot of podcasts will be out next month, uh, but I'll keep you guys up to date on social media. other than that, subscribe to the podcast, share the links with your friends. other than that, enjoy your week. I will talk to you guys then. take care.